welcome to another episode of the Weekly Wrap. My name is Janine Ryan and I will be telling you what you can expect from the latest issue of Farmers Weekly, the 29 January issue. If this is your first time joining us this year, I wish you a happy new year and a prosperous 2021. On the cover this week is a couple of very handsome blue goats. I can't remember when last we actually had a goat on the cover, so this is quite exciting. Some other stories featured on the cover this week include an apple farmer in Elgin transitioning to regenerative farming principles, how farmers have been using online poultry training courses to upskill themselves during the pandemic, and a story on the success of South Africa's niche tannin export industry. Let's start with the boer goats. So Andre and Brenda Swanepoel started farming boer goats as a part-time activity on their small holding in Mapumalanga in 2016. But thanks to high demand for goat meat, the Swanepoel's farming hobby has now become a full-time self-sustaining business. Andre and Brenda farm on only nine hectares in Mbomela, but this is a large enough for area for the Swanepoels to meet the ever-increasing demand for goat meat in the area. The biggest problem for Meraki goats, however, is the high pest load in the low felt, with hairworm, tapeworm, roundworm, liver fluke, and wireworm posing particular problems. During the rainy season, therefore, the goats are dipped every two weeks to combat parasite infestation. While their veterinary bill is thus higher than boar goat farmers in the high felt, Andre says it's worthwhile, as the high demand for goat meat means that the operation is still profitable. The flock currently consists of 32 commercial ewes, but the Swanepoels are hoping to move to stud breeding. They employ strict selection criteria to breed the best possible goats for purpose. Most parents will remember that during the hard lockdown last year, schools were closed. These were certainly the longest months of my life, and I'm sure other moms and dads would agree. Um, however, it wasn't only school children that couldn't attend schools. Other training institutes, like the KZN Poultry Institute, was also forced to close its doors. As a non-profit organization, this had dire financial consequences for the institute. Enter online learning. Thanks to the wonder of technology, the institute was able to continue providing farmers and aspiring farmers with top-class training in poultry production. While hands-on practical training is important for poultry farmers, these online courses have allowed farmers with fundamental training to upskill themselves through more advanced courses. These courses include training that is more theoretical, such as business management. The online platform used by the Institute allows trainees to do assignments online. Alternatively, they can download and complete them offline and then upload them for the facilitator to evaluate. The platform also allows facilitators to set multiple choice quizzes, which are immediately marked based on the information provided to the system by the facilitator. Trainees are also able to work at their own pace and can access the module material at any time. All they need is a tablet, laptop or desktop computer and internet connection. On-site courses at the Institute have now continued, but it seems as if the online courses are here to stay. This is a wonderful alternative for people who want to increase their theoretical knowledge without having to leave home or the farm. Moving on to tannin production. What is tannin, I hear you ask? Well, tannin is a compound obtained from the bark of the black wattle tree. It is used for preserving and coloring leather and as an ingredient in adhesives. The NTE company, based in KwaZulu-Natal, Mpumalanga, celebrated 100 years of tannin extraction last year. Despite this being a relatively niche industry, South Africa is still heads above the international competition. NCE produces 43 different tannin products and exports these mainly to China. The company sources about 33% of its black wattle bark from large-scale commercial suppliers, 
49% from medium-sized growers and 18% from small-scale growers. The majority of these suppliers are shareholders of NTE. The tan extraction process is very detailed, but it starts with the felling of trees. Growers sell their timber as pulpwood to various commercial buyers, and the bark is then graded using the Lovibond method, which measures the color of the inner layer of the bark that is delivered to NTE's factories. Lighter colored wet bark that hasn't started oxidizing is considered A-grade. The darker or more oxidized the inner layer of the wet bark, the less suitable it is for NTE's top range products. A grade wet bark produces lighter colored tannin extract, which can be darkened as needed, but darker extract cannot be lightened. An indirect but still big challenge that the tannin extract industry faces is the prevalence of synthetic leather. Only companies manufacturing genuine leather products use tannin in their processes. Another challenge is the oil price, as tannin is used as an adhesive as an alternative to petroleum products. When the oil price goes down, the demand for tannin also decreases. The last feature I want to focus on concerns an apple producer in Elgin in Cunningham uses Geneva's rootstock CG778 in combination with regenerative farming techniques to ensure healthy soil. According to Cunningham, this is a potential to revolutionize apple production in South Africa. This is because of the Geneva rootstock coupled with healthy soils, which leads to a significant increase in the longevity of the rootstock, which can save farmers millions, says Cunningham. Cunningham explains that the Geneva rootstock got him thinking that he could move away from replanting trees every 20 years or so to a situation where you can really graft new plant material onto the old rootstocks. Such a shift would save farmers a fortune. This is firstly because of the price difference of almost 400,000 rand per hectare between the cost of grafting and the cost of planting new trees. And secondly, because farmers usually have to wait two or three years before they can replant apple trees due to the time it takes the nursery to pay trees. Another advantage of grafting is that grafted trees produce higher yields earlier than newly planted trees. However, Cunningham stresses that long-lasting rootstocks are dependent on the health of the soil. For this reason, he practices regenerative agricultural principles. The use of cover crops planted in between trees, for example, has improved soil structure and texture, which in turn has improved the water-holding capacity of the soil and created a more favorable ecosystem for microbes. It has also added organic content to the soil, translating to higher carbon levels and helped buffer soil temperature. With the improvement in soil health and organic matter, Cunningham has also been able to move away from fumigans, which he says also kills beneficial insects. Now turning towards news. Farm worker wages could increase as much as 16.1% in 2021. This follows the National Minimum Wage Commission recommending in November 2020 that the minimum wage for farm workers be aligned with the national minimum wage in 2021, based on the argument that the agriculture sector was not as severely affected as other sectors by the COVID-19 lockdown. The national minimum wage per hour was proposed to increase 1.5% above inflation to roughly 21 rand 69. Role players in the industry, however, are opposed to the increase, with some saying that farmers will not be able to afford this. In other news, fake honey is once again in the spotlight, with profitability of beekeepers and honey producers under great pressure due to adulterated honey products. It is much cheaper to produce adulterated honey than pure honey, but despite this, adulterated honey is still being sold by retailers in the same price bracket as pure honey. If someone offers to sell you pure honey for less than 70 rand a kilo, however, be warned, this is probably fake honey and doesn't contain the benefits of pure honey. 
And lastly, the Land Bank is once again in the news for all the wrong reasons. The bank released its financials for year end 31 March 2020 at the end of December. According to the financials, the bank's losses increased 211% year-on-year to 2.8 billion rand. To make matters even worse, the Auditor General has released a disclaimer that it cannot offer a proper audit of the Land Bank due to lacking or missing financial evidence. According to AgriSA, government and executives must be held responsible for the dire situation the bank finds itself in. That's it for this week. The 29 January issue will be on shelves on 22 January, so remember to get your copy. Also remember to follow us on social media at Farmers Week in SA. Until next time, stay safe and happy.